Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Do you remember the Billy Gillespie era? You don't just find John, John Calvary is a unique individual. Pete Thamel. Those mall cops must be worse than NCAA enforcement. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. This is who Tennessee should end up with is, is somebody like Josh Heifel. He's like, eh, okay. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, before we get to this Tennessee situation, and it is a situation, an ongoing saga if there ever was one in the hills of eastern Tennessee. <laughs> I just want to uh, address something here. I feel like uh, I'm not being given the proper respect that I deserve on this podcast. And I feel like, you know, as of right now, as of late January 2021, uh, I am the only person on this podcast that if someone yelled out, hey, Hall of Famer, I would be able to answer in the affirmative. And I really feel like I should be addressed that way because I'm the only person who's in the United States Basketball Writers Hall of Fame on this podcast, I mean, talk about an elite hall. We don't let <laughs> Kurt Schilling in either. <laughs> That's how cool we are. We're like all the other cool Hall of Fame. So I am the only Hall of Famer here. I'd like a little bit of respect on that. Would you? Okay. Yes. You, you can you. ask for all the respect you want. <laughs> we'll see how we much you your, actually get. Yeah, we went to your stupid breakfast, all right? Yeah, we, we went to your to breakfast. Your we listened Billy to your, Gillespie we listened was there. It was really random. Um, <laughs> That's right, he was. <laughs> I should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame, Basketball Writers Hall of Fame, because I'm the only writer Billy Gillespie ever liked. That alone. <laughs> From that standpoint, yes, that is one That's one chip you actually have. Right. Yeah. Well, we can so, move on, because that's so. all the Hall of Fame news I know of this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen any either, any, anything no, relevant. Nothing so. else going on <laughs> that. Now, our, our young Pat Forty has finally been nominated. <laughs> Class of 2021 for the United States Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame. Welcome to the club, Pat. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Did they tell uh, you that uh, new members have to buy old members alcohol in perpetuity? <laughs> really? heard it's that? like a hole-in-one at the golf course. Mm-hmm. You have to buy for everybody. Yeah. So I, I don't hang around any of the drunks anymore. I just like if I'm around a basketball, it's only like Mike DeCourcy or somebody who's not going to break my <laughs> right. bill or anything like that. <laughs> See, the really old schoolers, yeah, they're, they're all dead from too much drinking. And so the, the guys that are still around are the sober ones. No, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I look at it this way, Dancy. Like people forgot that you were in the Hall of Fame because it was just kind of a forgettable. You know, you were kind of like when Georgia Tech won the national championship. 
Brett's like, oh, yeah, they won one. Oh, oh yeah, dance <laughs> in the Hall him. of Fame. I look at myself more as like, you know, Texas when they beat USC, Vince <laughs> Young striding in the very memorable occasion. I, that's kind of how I see. That's 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 the way I see these various hall, varied Hall of Fame classes. What were you? I can't. What were you like two years ago? Three years ago? Class of nineteen. Yep. Nineteen. Okay. Been to wait another decade for you. Pete's Pete's uh, Pete's probably gonna be a thirty-one or something. He's the youngest <laughs> member of the the pod group, so he's got a little ways to go. But uh, I, it does conjure up the old Groucho Marx line that I wouldn't really want to be a member of a club that would have me in it, but they yeah. got me in it. <laughs> Truly absurd to have a Hall of Fame for basketball writers, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who have contributed very little to society. It's really like a misspent life. You're like, really? <laughs> so I was good enough at this to get in the Hall of Fame, but I wasn't good enough to do anything worthwhile with my life. That's right. You know, like a coal miner Hall of Fame. Yeah, I survived the, you yeah. know, the jewel black black jewel number nine collapse and help pull three guys out of there put that guy in the hall of fame i don't know about the sports writers how do they deliver the news uh i got a call last week from seth davis and malcolm moran seth is the president and malcolm is like the executive director and i thought they were actually calling about this mentoring thing they were doing and i was like yeah i'll do your i'll be a mentor or whatever and then they popped that on me all right I got to talk to David Teal down in Virginia, so yeah. I, I win better. Yeah, better. Got a genteel. Put out the genteel David Pat. Teal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, congratulations, great career Thank you. you've had. Thank we'll you. keep you. We'll keep you going here. It was <laughs> funny to see how most of the the Twitter talk about Pat involved the uh, headshot that they used, which his hair was not the quite streak of silver that we're looking at today. <laughs> that is honest to God, like a 2006 ESPN glamour shot. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> wow. Can't believe that's still in circulation. <laughs> well, good thing we don't throw that thing up on Tinder, man. It would just be break the. <laughs> Although I think I like Dan. If I remember correctly, the shot they used to you might have been like your BC high graduation. It could have been. Could have <laughs> been. It was first you were, holy you were communion. cherubic looking. First holy communion, St. Mary's. Uh, all right, Tennessee. They got a coach. Tennessee. Tennessee. Speaking of old, Tennessee to me, it's going to be old and tender. I can make this. I can make this transition. <laughs> Tennessee was like the middle-aged guy balding. It's on Tinder. Can't understand why he can't get a connection with all the all the more attractive options out there. <laughs> Tennessee's swipe a right, personal ad in the, in, the, in the alt-weekly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody wants me. What happened? I used to be good looking. <laughs> Peyton Manning went here. Anybody want to coach this team? They hire Josh Heupel, the old Oklahoma quarterback who's been at Central Florida. He obviously, his boss, Danny White, had just come from Central Florida to take the AD. He gets a six-year contract, $4 million per, so it's not too much by these standards. He gets a long deal because we don't know what's coming. And uh, to me, this is a reality check for for Tennessee fans who thought, okay, you know, we're going to get the we'll, we'll have everyone dying to go. Tony Elliott of Clemson didn't even want to leave a coordinator spot for James Franklin. Other names banded around. They didn't get anywhere with anybody. And they had to go to the Heupel who took over UCF, but went six and four last year. His third season wasn't trending the right way. Maybe he doesn't. I, I said this about every coaching hire. I got no idea. I thought for sure Jim Harbaugh would kill it at Michigan. Wrong. I thought, I'm sure, I can't remember what, but I'm sure I thought somebody would do terrible and they did great. So you do not know. 
but this is not the exciting hire that the volunteers wanted after, let's see, slandering their last coaching agreement, bringing in a new guy, finding themselves uh, losing and conducting their own investigation to kneecap that guy uh, only to get Josh Heupel. I don't think that was really the plan when they decided to go after uh, Greg Schiano for ridiculousness. They ended up three years later with three bad teams and Josh Heupel. It just seems like the, but that's how you end up with Josh Heupel. So we wish him well. Uh, thoughts on the hire? Should we go straight to Sully, or do we let him keep crying into his handkerchief, his orange handkerchief over there? I think Let's we want to go straight to Sully. First. Yeah, so yeah. Sully. Sully has more emotion. Pat and I just have analysis. Like you said, Dan, Tennessee's hands were kind of tied here, uh, but we need to get our boy Danny White a copy of Decade of Dysfunction. There's a reason Vol fans are holding their applause. Some of you are failing right now. Be bought in. Be positive. Are you serious with this? <laughs> it's a minor miracle that you still have a Vol Twitter at all through the trash cans and the stools and the babushkas and the champions of life. Everyone on Rocky Top is speeding towards apathetic right now. The fan base is also getting younger. Some important teenager I heard on Vol calls the other day said he's 0-12 lifetime going to games at Neyland. That's sad. Ooh. That's bad. <laughs> As for the starry-eyed kids like me that remember 98, we're done hearing Peyton Manning and Philip Former's names trotted out there as big orange saints. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired, so forgive me about the negativity, Danny. I've sat through 4-32 and 32 against Florida, <laughs> Bama, and Georgia the past 12 years. Now go throw money at the coaching staff and pray it works with the rest of us. <laughs> wow. Sully. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> For for people who, who don't listen to the podcast often, Sully's Twitter handle is Sully Vol. Sully grew up in Chattanooga. <laughs> Sully went to Tennessee. So there is uh this is this that this this hits home. So do you think Sully that was the Danny White just doesn't have a holistic understanding of what the fan base has gone through? It has to be. Because you, you you don't throw the fan base a couple jabs in the in the your opening presser and then the coach's opening presser without understanding what they've gone through. Certainly they're at fault for the Shiano Sunday. But it, as you said, Pete, it's also the spineless administrators that let them even get that far in the, in the coaching search to begin with. You know, if, if you if you had an AD that had a spine, they wouldn't give a damn what's going on on Twitter. So, yeah, I, I think you need to need to get him a copy of Des- Decade of Dysfunction and, and have him learn on the job a little bit here. Pat? Uh, well, I, I mean, after Sully just vented his spleen there, emptied his heart, <laughs> Poured blood all over the airwaves. Uh, it's tough to follow, but well, uh, you're a Hall of Famer for a reason. So come on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I veto this thing? Can I veto oh. this? Hey, yeah. All right. So no, I mean this is this is who Tennessee should end up with is is somebody like Josh Heupel, who's like, eh, okay. People are underwhelmed, and maybe it'll work, and maybe it won't. But that's you know when when you've t- when Tennessee's put itself in the position it has for all the reasons Sully mentioned. I mean, they have stunk on the field. They have churned through coaches. The fan base has one of the larger and louder lunatic fringes of any that can make life difficult for anyone associated with the program. And now you add the the mushroom cloud of NCAA violations. That you don't know how that's going to resolve itself. You you have you have you are disqualified from being able to get James Franklin or PJ Fleck or Luke Fickle. I, it's so funny. I had people like on Twitter saying, well, well, we can just go get Luke Fickle's like Luke Fickle has no interest in your job. Well, why wouldn't he? Here's why. Because you stink. 
is stink, you're dysfunctional, and you're under investigation. That's why. That's why nobody needs to leave a good job to take that job. So Josh Heupel came into a really good situation at Central Florida, did well with it as long as Mackenzie Milton was his starting quarterback, didn't do terribly with it without Mackenzie Milton, but there were declining returns there. I think there were reasons to look at what he did and say, uh, it's going the wrong way. And the less, the further this guy gets removed from those 17, 18 core of players, and maybe the ones they recruited for a year or so after that, the less it's going to be. So you you take that guy and you plug him into the SEC East and say, go beat Georgia, go beat Florida, and yeah, beat that crossover rival called Alabama. Hey, I don't know whether he's the guy to do it. I He may be, he may not, but that's what you get at Tennessee right now. I don't think you can underestimate the scope of you self-investigated into NCAA violations and basically end a guy's career. Like if you're a, if, if, think of whatever job you have. Why would you go... They go, why is this job open? Oh, well, we we did an internal investigation and found something that'll ruin him because we didn't think he was winning enough. Because that's how it's viewed, whether or not there's actually something out that in. Like, why would you go to this place? It's 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 terribly risky. You're James Franklin. You're like, why you're PJ Fleck. You stay where you're at, you go to the NFL, maybe Michigan, maybe whatever. What what is it about Tennessee that would make you say, I'm gonna go risk that? Yeah, oh, I agree with that a thousand percent, Tim. I mean, the it will be really interesting in three years when this whole NCAA investigation is wrapped up. Maybe it will be charitable and give the NCAA two years to do it. But it's not going to be quick to see the wisdom of Tennessee's decision to save that $12 million and submarine its own program. And, and they're not going to, I, I guarantee you, they are not going to be completely absolved from paying Jeremy Pruitt. All buyouts are a negotiation point, right? That's where we are. And whether they have to pay him the full 12 or half, or there's a settlement out of court, which probably there will be, like it, it, if it ends up being $6 million and you throw your program on probation with scholarship losses and you undermine it for the next couple of years, that was stupid. That was a bad decision. If if there was a clear path to save all $12 million, you have to certainly consider it because it's a lot of money and it's a pandemic. And underrated in this whole Tennessee thing is their athletic department is a financial disaster, like a complete and utter disaster. And it was a disaster before the pandemic. So you are climbing out of a hole in so many different ways here. And you are going to have to do a scholarship losses, probably bowl bans, definitely probation. And you're going to have to do it at a place that's going to be squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. Um, all that said, I like the hypo hire more than most. Certainly, I think more than Pat after having read his column and Sully is milk, milk toast on it, I would say. Is that fair, Sully? I think he can do less with more. So maybe he is the guy that th this is a two coach job, in my opinion. So is he the guy in four yes. years that is going to get you to back to breathing again? Then sure. You know, he could be that yes. guy that I, I am not going to sit here and tell you Josh Heupel is going to get you to the playoff and he's going to win, win the SEC East and get you to Atlanta. No. Is he going to get Tennessee back to respectability? Yes. And that is what Tennessee ultimately needs right now. Two things about Heupel that I really like. One is we all who cover college football can tell you exactly what a Josh Heupel offense is going to look like. So there is a distinct identity. They're going to be spread. They're going to take downfield shots. They're going to have tempo. Um, and I'll get to the Temple part a little bit in a second. But there is like, a you know exactly what Tennessee football is going to be, which I do think is, is an important thing. And 
Josh Heupel is, I would say, an upper echelon, top 5% in the sport developer of quarterbacks. He at Utah State was the only coach to offer Jordan Love when he was the offensive coordinator there. Jordan Love is out of Bakersfield. Plenty of people saw Jordan Love. He beat Northern Arizona and Sacramento State for him. Jordan Love developed into, obviously, a first-round pick. Drew Locke, Pat can attest to, had his best years. As soon as old Derek Dooley rolled in as the OC, Drew Locke's production plummeted. Drew Locke broke the SEC record for touchdown passes under Josh Heupel in 2017, distinctly worse in 2018. Joe Burrow ended up breaking that record. So Mackenzie Milton obviously had a great season under Heupel. His injury, you don't think so, Pat? Well, yeah, he did, but I, I'm not giving Josh Heupel credit for that. I'm giving Mackenzie Milton credit for that. He had a better year the year before under, under Scott Frost. Yeah. Well, Dylan Gabriel by no means has been a failure. Now, I no, don't believe he, he, he recruited him, but like Dylan Gabriel, I think it was 28 touchdowns and four interceptions this year. So I, I look at Central Florida. People saw diminishing returns, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to ignore the diminishing returns, but like Josh Apple still had to go undefeated. Like he still, you can be given a good deck and mess it up. So I, I give him credit for doing that, credit for, for, for navigating that. And they've been... You know, they, they've been very good there. So, again, it's not perfect. And there's a reason we really didn't hear hypo for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the higher, higher level jobs. At the end of the day, the guy's 28 and 8. There's an identity and there's a good history of quarterback recruiting. I'm confident he can get them back to seven wins. All right. That that that's my my take and my fairness. My only caveat that I'm a little bit I'd be a little bit worried about if I was a Tennessee fan is if you rely on tempo and you have significantly inferior talent, that can be a problem. Because when tempo doesn't work, you you just throw your defense out on an island. Go flip on Syracuse game tape from this year from they went 1-10 because they're running sort of similar strains of, uh, of offenses. So that's, that's my devil's advocate to my own optimism. I am uh, somewhere in between you guys. I don't know. Like, Heupel to me is, is he has an identity. He comes from, he has recruiting ties in an area of the, of the country that Tennessee needs to get players out of. He's going to run, he's going to be attractive for skilled players. There's a level of just sheer competence to him and experience on how to run a program. Uh, we talked about this in the last couple of weeks. The thing with Tennessee, no matter how many people want to say, well, they stink, they'll never be good. And it, it's a self-inflicted wound. It's an attractive place for kids to go play football. There is lots of talent in the area. There's a lot in Nashville and growing, and there's a mother load in north in the suburbs north of Atlanta. And that's both of those are a few hours away. And if you can get those kids and get your share, you know, you'll be okay. They had Penix, they had Fields, and they kind of sort of had Trevor Lawrence as a fan, at least looking at the school. Yeah. When you have that level of talent looking at your school, you need a competent coach who will grab one of those guys. And that's why I thought Greg Schiano would be great. The problem with Tennessee fans is they're so crazy. They're like, Schiano won't beat Urban, uh, won't beat uh, Nick Saban. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not what you're trying to do right now. Get a Nobody's beating Nick Saban. Nobody's beating him. Nobody's beating him. Coach O beat him once. Yeah. Like that, you know, it doesn't happen. But it's like, if you took Shiano and put him in there and it's like, this is an absolute professional operation and we're going to dream nice culture. We're going to do pretty damn good. And we're going to use the strength of Tennessee. You don't have to have a, a, a home run guy. Nick Saban is not a dynamic personality with a dynamic offense. Nick Saban is just the epitome of professionalism. 
and he uses the power of Alabama and LSU. He didn't come in as some genius. He's a great defensive coordinator, but he was not. You don't sit there. No one's ever met Nick Saban and said, gosh, that guy is one hell of a recruiter. Man. Like, that guy, he talks like those Affleck ads. That's him. That's, he's playing himself as best he can. Right. Can't play yeah. favorites. Right. But it's it's you if you get a guy like that, and I'm not saying Shiano was is is and I'm not saying Heifel is is saving, but you will win. And all of a sudden you're back and you're pretty darn good. And then you worry about the next step. The Tennessee fans went crazy and they keep trying for these home run shots and they can't get it. And so look, I you know, he's got he's got an identity, it's a decent offense. Presumably, he will do better in Florida. You'll do better recruiting Florida with Josh Heupel than you would with a coach who hadn't been the three-year coach. Now, does the six and four season concern me? Yes. Does the fact that the last guy who went from Central Florida to a major job, Scott Frost, not doing very well? Yes. But here we are. The guy, you know, does the fact he got fired at Oklahoma OC scare you a little? Yeah, that's a little bit of a red flag. So we'll see. But this is what you're going to get. You hope this guy is professional, and yeah, seven, eight wins back to back to being in the mix. But you aren't at you. Don't worry about Alabama. Right. It's, that third that's, that third Saturday in October every year, schedule a wedding. They say don't schedule a wedding in the South. <laughs> the fall yeah. schedule that's, yeah, that's just pretend that game ain't happening for a little yeah. while. But yeah, that's there. Yes, they, the realistic aim for Tennessee right now should be to try to be better than Missouri and South Carolina on a regular basis, because that's one of the things I noted in my column that, I mean, both those schools have done demonstrably better since 2008 than Tennessee has that, you know, if you're Tennessee operating where you should be, that shouldn't happen, but that's where you are. You're, I mean, Florida and Georgia are way above you. Missouri and South Carolina are above you solidly and you're barely above Kentucky. So you that's you are right now trending fifth in the SEC East. So to worry about Missouri and South Carolina first. And yeah, Josh Heupel should be able to get to the point where you can beat them semi-regularly. I mean, you can you can make arguments that both those programs are as good as Tennessee. They don't have the tradition and the history of it, but theoretically you could say that those should be as good. So I don't know. A quest, quick question for you guys and for Sully. I, there has been less mouthiness from Vol Twitter since Heupel got hired than I have seen in a long time. Did 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 this? Did they get the memo that maybe we need to pipe down and back off and let this thing breathe a little bit? Because I hear from hundreds of them every time they feel at all empowered to say anything. Maybe I've muted them all. I don't know. I've muted over a thousand people, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Wait, what? a thousand people. That's oh, yeah, Hall of Fame numbers right there. Probably like the Hall of Famer. <laughs> probably like fifteen hundred, frankly. Yeah. But muting, uh, muting is a great thing. I've never blocked anyone great. on Twitter. Yeah. But the idea of someone's out there shouting at you and they don't know you can't hear them <laughs> is kind of funny. I, the concept is pretty funny. Like, yeah. keep keep yeah. going, keep wasting your time. <laughs> Blocking them seems like you'd give them the satisfaction somehow. Right. Right. There's some people I'll block if they're just like over the top, profane, vulgar. You know, like telling me to do things to a relative or whatever, but, uh, but for the most part, I'm, I am a muter, but so, but Sully, is that correct? I mean, if people finally decided, okay, maybe we don't need to try to run things via angry mob on Twitter. Are they going to let Danny white and Josh Heupel have a chance here? Uh, well, it, according to Pete, Heupel doesn't look at his phone. So that's good for recruiting. Mm. You know, Danny white is evidently concerned about the negativity. So fan base is just becoming apathetic to be honest. 
Like I've sure you have your, your, your people on vault Twitter that are screaming, but that's a, that's a section of the fan base. You know, that's the fan base. That's the quote unquote right. front porch of the fan base is to, to borrow right. a term in, in college athletics. But I talked to my buddies back in Chattanooga and they just, they're like, Hey, what do you think about the hypo hire? You know, it's not, there's no screaming. There's no yelling. It's, They've been beaten so bad that, you know, let's hope this works. If you're that angry at Josh Heupel being hired, you have no base, you have no tether to reality. Right. Like, yeah, he, I agree. He, didn't, he didn't hire an awful coach. No. From an awful program. And you aren't what you think you are. So if anyone's sitting there just screaming, like, this is the worst hire, I hate this place. Like, I, and I, don't, I have no idea. I'm not on Vol Twitter. Uh, I don't seek out Vol Twitter or any other Twitter, but it's like, come on, like, all right, maybe, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how you could be so excited or so angry at this hire. Again, he's just a competent guy. Utilize this. He's not Dabo Sweeney. He's not going to talk in a million recruits because he's so smooth. He isn't coming with Super Bowl rings or whatever. He isn't got the fanciest. He does have a fancy. I don't know. Like he doesn't. He's just a guy. Hopefully he's competent. But if you're that angry, you're just doing it for attention. I mean, that's just, just a, how can you be that angry? You got to be angry at the UT itself. Those are the people that wake up and want to be angry about something. And Tennessee volunteers is their thing. So they're going to be like, you can go on any other than Alabama at this very moment. You can go on any message board at any team in the country and someone's complaining about something. Ohio State, Clemson, like there, there's somebody complaining, you know. About sure. something, it's like if that's that's your outlet, that's fine. You have the right to do it, but I don't have to take you seriously. This hire is exponentially better on paper than the Jeremy Pruitt hire. Like, yeah. if anyone was excited in real time about the Jeremy Pruitt hire because he came from Bama and he's going to reestablish this, he's gonna, no. Like, if you look at blind resume, Hypel versus Pruitt. Three seasons, he's won, he won 78% of his games, but he's also managed a roster, learned how to offer scholarships, learned how to like negotiate through signing classes, like their press there is, conferences, stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah, like all the all the front facing stuff that's important. He's coached in a uh, in a New Year's Six bowl game. Those are all like those are all just huge, distinct accomplishments that. Jeremy, just as an assistant coach, Josh Heupel is more accomplished than Jeremy Pruitt was as an assistant coach. He served as as a coordinator twice as long. He coached Sam Bradford. He coached Landry Jones. He had success at at places where it's difficult to have success. If you're decent at Utah State and good at Missouri, by the way, good in the own division that you are going to be coaching in, uh, moving the ball. Like, those are signs of, like, potential success. He is not, like, a one-hit wonder. People who just said, oh, you know, Mackenzie Milton was, was ready-made for him. No, there's there's plenty of quarterbacks he's recruited, identified, and developed that go beyond what he did at UCF. Yeah, yeah, that's the state of, that's the state they're in. And, uh, you know, they... They, they have not hit the high points. They've had way too many low points. And, yeah, when when Mississippi, Mississippi State, Missouri, and South Carolina have had better seasons than you have in, in the last 12 years, then it's it's a reality check. Yeah, they roll out of bed for the next three years with three losses. Alabama's a loss, Georgia's a loss, and Florida's a loss. Every time for at least the next three years. I find it, if they do not go 0-9 in those games the next three seasons, I'd be shocked. So, your your baseline regular season win, if everything goes perfect, is already 9 all right. And then 
they Tennessee typically plays a challenging out of conference schedule. That's something that they've always done. Sully, who's their non con next year? The non con's actually weak. It's pretty weak until you get to Oklahoma in twenty twenty four. So is Josh Heupel going to take on his old team? But it's so uh, they they could have at least three winnable non cons a year. Yeah, pretty much. It's like I okay. think you're at okay. BYU in a couple years. It's Pitt home and home. It's a you know you got your directional Tennessee schools. It's it's pretty yeah. cupcake the next few years. Okay. All right, you guys, are are you familiar? I know we don't have a lot of great golfers here, but you both play some golf. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Top Golf? Oh yeah. Concept yes. of Top Golf. Okay, great. It's almost like uh it's like this target practice game. It's kind of like bowling. Anybody can kind of do it. Can yeah. I interrupt for a second? I have a funny Top Golf story with Pat. So uh, two years ago when I went to the Kentucky Derby, I went to Pat's house at some juncture and there were signs throughout the neighborhood. There was like a huge controversy in this neighborhood in Louisville because they were going to put in a top golf. You would think they were going to be putting in a crack house in advertising <laughs> it. The resistance to the top golf. It was a sign was, on every lawn. It was like uh, it was unbelievable. I'd never seen so much resistance to something seemingly so benign. <laughs> no, hey, hey, the fight is still on. I mean, it's finally been oh, won. Really? I, it's <laughs> finally been won by Top Golf. Like Top Golf, I think has had the last thing cleared, and they can actually go about now building the Top Golf thing. But yeah, it was it was nimbyism at its finest. Like, yes, we would love Top Golf, but not near our neighborhood. No, no, no. Somebody else be be inflicted with the lights and the noise and the traffic. I, I, you know, I think Top Golf would be wonderful for a city that. Uh, outside of Churchill Downs, there ain't a lot to do. So let's let's please have Top Golf. But there, you should have seen the the reaction. It was amazing. That, that's our Top kind of ongoing awesome. saga, right there. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll keep yes, you updated. They, Thank I know, you. Like what a what a. It's like, like they put an asbestos factory next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Like it's people like, and and. Generally speaking, the political apathy, at least at that point in time, was pretty thick in the area. But oh, Top Golf! Let's put the sign in the yard, baby. Let's 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 put on the bumper stickers. We're going to the city council meetings. Like, where are you all people when there's actually something significant to discuss? Yeah. Right, well, let me tell you what Top Golf is is, and I don't know why they ever sent us this press release. I don't know how we missed this, but Top Golf is invading college football stadiums. They are setting up uh, their 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 system. Uh, inside various college football stadiums, and um, uh, I I couldn't be more excited. Uh, the the Vegas Top Golf is like my favorite thing to do in Vegas. I absolutely love it. Uh, that is an inc- unbelievable facility. I, I mean, there's two swimming pools. There's <laughs> really? everything. It's it's nice. the greatest thing ever. You can hang out whenever we're doing a big fight by like Friday night. That's what we do because it's like the week's done. Hayes in the barn, and we and then anybody can play. I just love it because you can, you don't even have to know how well, to swing. It's well. like it's putt putt, but you're actually hitting no. it. Huge TVs, everything. So um, the announcement just came out. It's the one that caught our attention. Is they're coming to Sanford Stadium in uh, Georgia, obviously, and that's not going to be till June, I don't believe. They were supposed to go to Arizona State. That didn't happen apparently. I don't know, very confusing. Could do a little better at Top Golf. Love you, but maybe a little clearer on your uh, press releases. McLean Stadium in Waco, the giant toilet seat is getting a top golf. <laughs> Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, which is not an NFL, st- it's more of an NFL stadium. Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina in April. The Swamp in late April. Uh, Norman, Oklahoma in May. Knoxville, Sully, Knoxville. Hey. 
Uh, Georgia in June. What else we got? University of Minneapolis, Minnesota, University of Minnesota in July. So they will set up so you can go in and hit golf balls inside your favorite football stadium. Now, I have long, I never thought of this, but I always wanted to be able to tee up a golf ball at home plate of Fenway Park. Mm. You don't even need to tee it up. No. I can't hit a baseball into the center field bleachers, but I could hit a golf ball. And I always thought it'd be awesome to like pitch golf balls into like the green monster, like that type of like, I always wanted to play golf inside of a baseball stadium. Uh, This is not quite that, but it's, it's because I'm sure they'll put netting up. I don't know what they'll do, but uh, how awesome is this? And if you are a golf fan and college football fan, this has got to be, I I couldn't be more excited at this concept. And I'm, I'm not a, like if I was a Georgia fan, I would be buying these tickets. Uh, 175 bucks. Yeah, 175 is like for a little bit of a VIP package. I think it's like 80 for the regular tickets, and then it's 40 for students. Because I forwarded it to my son, who's a grad student at, at uh, Georgia, and said you need to get on this, and he was all excited about it. But uh, no, I think it's it's a perfect idea. It's great. It gives people love their football stadiums, want access to them, and you, the chance to put a golf club in your hand and knock some balls around there. I I don't understand exactly like how it's going to work. Like where do you where do you hit from and where exactly hitting into? I mean, like Georgia, you could kind of figure out they've got a big end zone deck, right. like where you can, you can set them up there and you hit them in between the hedges. If you hit it to the sides of the hedges, you've definitely hit it out of bounds. Um, but uh, I'm not sure. Like the swamp, where where are you standing and where are you hitting into? I, I I'm sure they have all this figured out, but I can't conceptualize it. Neyland Stadium's got no space. Right? No. Shoot. Right. I mean, like, yeah, some of the party mm. decks make total sense and like that kind of set, right. set up. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about this. I mean, I think about what they've done with Fenway Park in Boston since Dan was uh, slinging popcorn there uh, 30 right. years ago to now. I, there are more tough mutters, road races, uh, X games. I mean, Fenway Park yeah. is, you know, concerts, obviously. They have great concerts there. Uh, I've seen Bruce Springsteen there. I mean, just every year there's, uh, yeah, every year there's two or three concerts that roll through. And look, like, you have these iconic buildings, and it's bad business to only fill them seven or eight times a year, right? People would people want to go to that stadium like they grow up. It's a destination. They want to go there. So it only would make sense to give people as much access to it as possible. So I I think you will see this become a trend with more and more things being used in these stadiums uh, in the upcoming years. So I'm all I'm all about it. It's just it's smart business. It's efficient. Perfect. How many times Because it's happened to me plenty? Maybe it's just me, but I've pulled into a college campus maybe for basketball. So it's like February, let's say Texas A&M or something. And you go over by the football stadium, it's all locked. Ohio yeah, State, right? it's all locked. And you can't peek in, you can't see in. Not, and it's like, man, I tell you what, and there's, another, there's other people out there. Like, everyone's kind of rattling the gate. Like, I want to get a picture with me behind. Like, yeah. man, open up a little observation deck or something to get a picture. Especially nowadays. Yeah, no. Yeah, that you want to talk about easy money. I mean, if you want to, you know, 10 bucks, come and look at our stadium while you're here, whatever, you know, and we'll we'll have somebody stand there and give you a little five minute spiel and take all the pictures you want. But that, yeah, I remember uh, 
a swim team, age group swim team trip to Athens, Georgia, where some of the guys went and broke into Sanford Stadium at night, like midnight, you know, to, to get their pictures taken in the stadium. I, I was not among them since I'd been there before. It didn't quite have the same cachet to me, but people want to go to those stadiums. Yeah. And in fact, don't even charge them. Just pay somebody 10 bucks an yeah, hour to bring right. them in. It's advertising. It's all on social media. It's going to be on every Instagram. It's going to be on all, all Facebook, Twitter, all these things. Like, just use your natural resources. Don't limit your natural resources. It just makes uh, it makes a uh, it, it makes a ton of sense. I have a, a funny Sanford Stadium story that involves like a pretty strong name drop that I'm going to tell quickly. So I was doing a story on Sarah Fuller, obviously the Vanderbilt kicker who became one of the stars of the season. I was lucky enough to track down Mia Hamm on the phone. Thanks to Dan, actually, he hooked me up with some uh, with some good phone numbers. And so at the end of uh, the interview. Mia Hamm and I are BSing like old pals, right? And uh, she said, "Do they play? Does Vanderbilt play this weekend?" And they were scheduled to play at Georgia. And so she won the she, Olympics. Mia yeah, Hamm just medal. very subtly goes, "Mia Hamm goes, she goes, oh, I know that stadium. Like, oh yeah, you happen to <laughs> you happen to win Olympic gold there. Yeah, yeah, I know that stadium. It's like, yeah, I've covered a game at the, you know, it's like, it was like, and I, I stopped for a minute. I was like, yes, you do, Mia Hamm. Yes, you do. It was like the perfect little humble brag. Mia Hamm's like, I scored five goals in every stadium on earth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if I haven't, I'll go do it now, even at age whatever." All right, uh, I came to our attention a picture, a picture from the streets of Louisville. So, Pat, explain yourself, because I assume this is your vehicle, your car. <laughs> I am not responsible for all vehicles in the city of Louisville, but... Well, yeah, how do we they, know this is not the one you drive around? That's what I want to know. It, you, can uh, be, was a, you can be reasonably sure it's not the one I drive around. <laughs> so this is uh, some guy... Uh, it's actually Andy Sweeney. He was on the radio here. Does a great job. I do his show uh, once a week, on uh, usually on Wednesdays. Said, but he posted a picture that it looked like he took on the Waterson Expressway of this of an SUV with kind of a camo sort of uh, uh, motif decor, <laughs> and on the side was it said uh, Kentucky Wildcats 2019 Elite Eight, and it's like. <laughs> What? That's like that's like on the side of the car, and you're you're driving around. Are you are you proud of this? Is this is it this bad for Kentucky basketball that you are still basking in the milk toast lukewarm glory of an Elite Eight from two years ago? Uh, now it turns out there is slightly more to the story that this guy apparently his shtick is that whatever Kentucky's last season result was is on his car until there's the next season result. And there was no 2020 resolution. So I guess the elite eight has two years of shelf life until I hate to think what he's going to have to put on the side this year. Cause they're five and 10. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. They may not even go to the NIT. What do you put on your car then? Well, look, and celebrating that sweet 16 victory over Houston before <laughs> losing to Auburn. Yes. <laughs> Auburn without its best player, by the way. Yeah. I mean, why mm -hmm. wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky basketball, not so good. Bad matchups, bad players don't mesh. Too many dribblers, no shooters. They got one kid who can shoot, maybe. Maybe. Calipari hates them. You can tell that. <laughs> they seem to hate Calipari. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect match. Like, it's just like Kentucky's just like, can we get to the next recruiting class? Because this one's a, it's <laughs> right. like a, you got like a bad, like a burnt Frito out of the bag. You just throw it away. <laughs>
They're shooting 29% from three-point range, 324th in the nation. After the Alabama game, uh, I believe it was Tuesday night, Nate Oates had a quote in his post game, and I'm paraphrasing here. It was basically like, you know, I give Kentucky a lot of credit. They got down and didn't quit. <laughs> it was like good old Kentucky kept trying, you know, like the five and ten they are. I was like, geez, that is patronizing and awesome. How about that? That's when you know it's bad. When you're getting the way. Way to not quit, Kentucky. Good job. Yes. Yeah. Open season on the cats right now. You gotta get them while they're down because they're gonna they're probably will be bad. The one thing about Kentucky is you can rebuild the program every year. So it's not like, well, I don't know. That might be it. They're going to lose momentum, uh, but obviously bad season for uh, it's it's amazing. They've lost uh, four or five. They did beat LSU and they're at Texas this week or they're hosting Texas. Yeah, but they don't get any home crowd. Probably the best thing for them is no fans are there. It really might be now because the because the crowd has it's vicious on the message boards. I mean, it's vicious and it's all directed to Cal, which is probably should hood. Now, actually, that's not true. They, there are several fans that have turned viciously on some of the freshmen. You know, how dare you not be Anthony Davis or Carl Towns or John yeah. Wall right away? How dare you be bad? No, it's it's not pretty. Is this a little peek into the mind of a of a Hall of Famer, an incoming Hall of Famer, where Pat will occasionally, for fun, go look at the Kentucky message boards to see how miserable everyone is? He's he's used this in columns over the years. So, so, so I, do, I do think that's like a little peek into the mind of Pat Forty, where he does like I mean, to channel some of the misery of the fan base. The entertainment value is there because people <laughs> will will absolutely put their insanity on display. So there was one. I will say one poster that that. Had you know, like Cal had some pretty innocuous comment that people were going crazy about, and the guy said that it's basically this is like the end of a bad relationship where every single thing the other person does irritates you, and that's about where Cal and the fans are right now. I mean, it's 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 tough. Like they have not been to a Final Four since '15 when they were 38 and 0. But I mean, you look at this run: 35 wins, 29, 38. 21 when New Orleans Noel got hurt. 29, 28, 27, 32, 26, 30, 25. Parades of NBA talent coming through there. Exciting games. Exciting players to watch. And now they're 4-9 and and uh, half that fan base would run him out on a train. And I'm not here to do carry John Calipari's water. He's making $8 million and hey, he, he recruited this team, but it's like, man, is it tough. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> So, I mean, Dan, you he's know, he's got to be like, listen, man, like look at all these wins. I, it didn't work this year. We'll be back. So, you know, yeah. Cal, Dan, as well as anyone, and certainly as long as anybody you covered him as a student at UMass. Like, is he smart enough to see the diminishing returns? He's always stayed a step ahead of the posse, right? Did it at UMass when he left to the Nets. When he got run from the NBA, he went and started working out players so he could bring him to Memphis when he got revived. Like, his Cal is always a step ahead. Like, he is he is gaming the game at all times. Does he just see this? And Cal is sensitive. We know that. He is very, Ooh. very sensitive. He has teen You think so? Yes. I, I'm moderately aware of that moderately directly, aware. Pat, as you may be as well. So, is does he look at the does he look at the landscape and try to bring his act somewhere else? Because it's an act and a new fan base will bring it in, and it's a carnival, and that's it, he loves the chaos that comes with Cal, right? So it, does he see what's going on in Kentucky and just bring his roadshow elsewhere? I don't know. I think if he if he was a step ahead, he would have taken the Knicks job, or he, I thought he should have gone 
I don't say should have, but I thought he could have gone to UCLA two years ago. Right. No, he could have. Yeah. And, yep. and, and, and gone there and rebooted and had a, a, a place even more than Lexington, Kentucky, that most of these kids want to go to and, and, and run the exact same system with a fan base that doesn't really care if, you know, the, the game against, uh, you know, whatever, Cal State Bakersfield is closer than it should be which is kind of, you know, let alone you lose. Just excited that that he's there to create this whole mayhem and the excitement and all of that. I really thought that was a good opportunity for him. He wanted to stay. He's got it rolling, obviously, at Kentucky. They're, they're really close. I mean, it's just, I just can't criticize one bad season. It was like, well, you hadn't made a fight. You know, you haven't won a national title. Should you have won more? Yeah, sure. You know, probably should have won more than one title. But it's like you're you're at the margins there. Like, do you remember the Billy Gillespie era? Do you remember, like, this? you don't just find John, John Calipari is a unique individual. You will not get all these players when he isn't there. There's not, every every kid in America is not dreaming of going to play, to live in Lexington, Kentucky. Now, it's a great place to play basketball and all of that, but those are the old, you know, th- this parade of, of NBA All-Stars are starting happening. Um, so, you can criticize him or not. I don't know. I don't think he, I don't think he, it's necessarily like I just leave. I don't know what opens, but I, I really thought the job for him, if he was going to go to college was UCLA. And if he wanted to go to the pros, maybe he still wants to go to the pros. I don't know, but it's, uh, he also has the number two recruiting class in the country coming in, including, a you know, the kid from West Virginia is a transfer. I'll have some age. Damian Collins is, you know, supposed to be a tremendous talent. Like, yeah, this this didn't work. You reboot and go again. Like, are you going to bet against them next year in the SEC? I wouldn't. Well, yeah, but no, that's the thing is with the way Cal does it, there is always the promise of next year because that's you're always going to have a flush new hand, but it is a new hand. And that's the part that's kind of like this is kind of worn on everybody is that like the tease, the the excitement of, oh, that's the next year is going to be unbelievable has worn off because – the results have worn off, you know, and yeah, look, they still won a bunch of games. If they had a tournament last year, they might've gone to the final four. They were good at the end. They really, yeah. they were good. Like Emmanuel quickly who's gotten off to a very good start in the NBA and several other guys. That was a good team, uh, but they didn't have the tournament. And so you've gotten now 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 without going to the final four. And the premise was when Cal came in, we're going to the Final Four all the time, baby. We're winning multiple national championships. As it stands now, his record is fun. one national championship since uh, in 2000. It's been nine years since the championship. Well, they ran out Tubby Smith because it had been nine years since the championship. In 2007, they got rid of him. He won the title in 98. Uh, so that's the kind of look. Those are the expectations. That's Kentucky. May not be realistic, but that's it. what it is. That's exactly, that's what you get paid eight and a half million to deal with. You get paid eight and a half and you get to do whatever you want. You need a new yep. building, they put it up. Like, it's no excuses at all. It's just four Final Fours, one national title, three other Elite Eights, and a canceled season when you very well were right there. Uh, if that isn't good enough, okay. But, yeah. Well, they're, they're not going to fire. First of all, they fist financially can't afford it right and secondly but, i think but the Mitch fans Barnhart's that want him gone it's just yeah. sort of like uh, it's oh, just like well who are you hiring right that's well, i was just you gonna know. ask that like who would they hire you know sean yeah. miller was always a name there you can't hire him <laughs> no. um yeah i don't even know i'd have to really sit and, and think about right now, if, <laughs> the thing 
They well, can't fire Cal, but let's say they kind of run Cal out. Like if you're a coach, you go, you're looking at that and going, hell no. That's, How am I doing better than this? Like, you know, they always always we'll get Jay Wright or something like that. He's not going there. You that's know, like, the thing. like the two the two guys that have won multiple national titles that are both like, I don't need that, is Billy Donovan, who turned down the job multiple times, and Jay Wright. It's like Jay, Jay Wright doesn't need he's he's got a perfect situation. He can win national titles without the insanity. Uh, uh, Cal's the only one who can handle the insanity. Yes. Well, yeah, he Cal likes as insane as they yeah, are. Yes. That's that's yeah, why yes. it worked, because it's yeah. like, okay. Two totally crazy people are getting together. That marriage looks. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was your thing about the yeah. The, it was Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, yeah. All right, yeah. This is all there's, we can do. I don't. There's the phrase uh, like "king of manufactured emergencies." Like there was a great quote about Cal once. I think it was Tony Barbie who said it when he was uh, at Auburn. He said like Cal like not only thrives in the chaos, he invites it and establishes it. Like he wants there to be tension. Like he wa- like he loves this right now. The the barbarians at the gate, everyone's against me. That's that's who he is. Like another name who could be considered for that job. I think he's from Kentucky actually. It's Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman wants nothing to do with that. He's going <laughs> right. to win his 23 games a year at Ohio State, have really good teams, <clears throat> coach good like 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 no way. Like <laughs> thrive in the shadow of football? Yes. Like let Ryan Day handle all the all the insanity. Like I'll just I'll just keep churning out great teams. Chris yeah. Holtman was ha- would have stated Butler for a hundred years if it right. wasn't for Ohio State. Like he was yeah. only co- he is from Jessamine County, just south of Lexington, by the way. Why, wow, man? What? What? It, quite? It's a, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. If 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 Cal partly, I've no, I I doubt it. Again, I doubt it. Where's he going? Yeah. Right. And but, and I think he'll be he'll but he'll be like next year when they're winning, they'll be like little jabs back at. The, oh, it'll be. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Be you know great. who would hire John Calipari? Chris Del Conte. <laughs> that is a match made in Huckster. Texas heaven. would be a good spot for him. No yeah, question. They but they don't need a coach. Shock, no, they could switch Shock and Cal, but Shock is another one. He doesn't need. He doesn't need the oh, Bucs. Yeah. No. no, no. If obviously, if you, if you, if, if, if every other coach is looking at the personality of John Calipari and this record, because a coach looks and goes, "Look at you, thirty-eight and one. You lose. You go thirty-eight and zero and losing the fight. That's just what happens." Okay. <laughs> Or uh, Auburn, Auburn gets you. Jeez, you know, God, we could always beat Auburn. They just get you. One, one bad play, right? One of the Harrison twins shoots you out of a game. Whatever it is, and you go, all right. He didn't win enough there, and he wasn't crazy enough for him. I got no chance. One of the few guys who would actually invite the carnival atmosphere is Bruce Pearl. Like yeah, he's, about get, he's about to get. He's about to get the Scarlet Letter too. Pearl would so. love it. Pearl would be yeah. good there. Pearl yeah. would. Yes, that's definitely it. You got to have a special guy, Huggins. Huggins yeah. just come in and not care. Right. Just <laughs> somebody like that. I don't know. Huggins he's, wearing his pajama top on TV the other night. Yeah, Hugs, Hugs doesn't care. Doesn't yeah. care. So he's happy where he's at. He didn't leave in West Virginia. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you also like that's not who you want. I don't know what you do. Oh, maybe you get Oats, man. I'll tell you what. Hey, Oats. He's didn't got, take long for the Kentucky fan base to say that we like that guy. When Nate they came Oates in, he's got a little, just shot, got a little spunk shot to Kentucky him. out of Rupp oh, Arena. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he's yeah. recruiting yeah. like crazy, you know. Good Michigan high school coach. Nate, Nate Oates is like still operating like he's a high school coach. Like the, the Coach K line thing, that was completely genuine to who Nate Oates is. He just said it out loud. And that's like the lesson you have. Like that's the thing you say to your like, you say to your assistant coaches in the locker room, you don't you don't say out loud. But it was yeah. wondrous that he did. Uh, <laughs> I hope he never changes. 
All right. I want to get to this story. It was brought to our attention by one of our uh, college athletic power brokers who uh, secretly, I believe, secretly listens to the podcast, but I don't believe I can say uh, his or her name because I don't want to out anybody. We know this is a very toxic podcast, um, but you guys can't quit us. Can't quit us. <laughs> we're controversial, but but we're here now, for you. Toxic within the business, but y'all listen, <laughs> see who we're ripping on today. <laughs> this story is phenomenal, and I had, had never heard it. It relates to the guy who stayed at O'Hare for three months. And 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 lived at O'Hare Airport from a couple weeks ago. Who claimed oh, yeah. he was too scared to fly because of COVID, so he he stole a badge and would spend <laughs> the night in the uh, high security area. But then during the day, just wander O'Hare. Now, just obviously, there was this Tom Hanks movie about this, but this story is phenomenal. Okay, two thousand and three, the Providence Place Mall in Rhode Island. Uh, had a series of radio ads, which included, uh, and I'll just quote this uh, blog post about it. The person involved here posted their own, uh, this is first, first person. Uh, it featured an enthusiastic female voice talking about how great it would be if you could live at the mall. <laughs> okay, this is the Christmas ads of okay. 2003 and yeah. 2004. So this guy, Happened to live right next to the Providence Place Mall. And while it was being constructed, he's an artist well, and his friends, he noticed that they used this area of the mall to store like construction uh, material. But then once the mall was built, the door never opened. Okay. So there was a space back there. So he and his friends <laughs> broke in the door. That of this this area that's never used by anyone in now they the Providence Place Mall is in downtown Providence. It's massive. Yeah. It's a massive mall. This is when they built mall. huge malls. Yep. Okay, they like revitalized the whole city. Yeah. Mm. There's like a courtyard really? Marriott right there, right? Really? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. Yeah. always relates to those Marriotts. <laughs> yeah, um, well, where else are we going to stay? Right? Yeah, yeah I was going to stay. So the regular Providence Marriott. That's an old school one. So these guys built a 750 square foot apartment what? in the little area of the mall. Over the course of three years, they snuck in material and lived inside the Providence Place Mall. Three guys, multiple guys. Guys would be in and out. Okay. All they right. had a couch. They had a a rug, a TV, uh, lights, a, <laughs> a fern, a plants, a wall. <laughs> decorations a little table and they, they would then go up and eat they could no they used to eat in the and they used to use the mall bathroom so the there middle of the night yeah. probably had to go out in the alley or something i don't know they were trying to solve the bathroom <laughs> situation uh they were about to bring in a kitchen but otherwise they just ate at the mall pl thing and uh yeah, and then they right. finally got busted by security and, how long? Uh, how long did the scam go? Almost three years. That's oh, amazing. A thousand ah. days. <laughs> a thousand days. Three guys in a 750 foot no, area. A group mm. of eight. A group of eight, eight artists known as Trummerkin. It was a secret studio apartment. They're called a studio apartment. <laughs> they had a China <laughs> hutch. They had no running water. Uh, they ended up getting arrested and put on probation. It was it was a legal case and all of that. Oh my! But God. imagine that. 
So the Providence That's... Place Mall thinks that an ad where the lady saying, wouldn't it be great to live in the mall is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, these eight bozos in Rhode Island are like, huh, <laughs> rent free for three years. Oh, my gosh. That's tremendous. Those mall cops must be worse than NCAA enforcement. <laughs> he, so in this blog post, there's all sorts of stuff on this. In this blog post, he apologizes to the mall security because he didn't. It was never. I want to extend my sincere apologies to the fine folks at General Growth Properties and specifically the security staff at the Providence Place Mall, the mall cops. Paul Blart yeah. didn't know he was there. Uh, I firmly believe you do an incredible job and remain professional and consistent. The apartment was never designed in any way, shape, or form to undermine the great work you do. I recognize that <laughs> it exists far outside the spectrum. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> no fair, discriminatory, or level-headed staff person would have expected something like this to occur. So he, he does not blame the mall cops that couldn't catch him for three years. How would you like to be the head of mall small cop security and you have to explain to the mall owners like, uh, yeah, they slipped. Uh, yeah, we just we, we didn't see him. So did they just use it as a studio or did they stay there? Some of them stayed there. They went in and out. They okay. used it as a studio. They little artist commune right next to yeah. Sbarro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and GameStop, maybe GameStop. Yeah, GameStop. How about the uh, Southeastern Conference having to put out a tweet saying, please stop tweeting at us. <laughs> yeah. We're not the SEC. <laughs> not the GameStop Securities and Exchange is, Commission. That's great. GameStop. They think, <laughs> fortunately, the SEC is prepared for, for angry mobs yelling at yes. them after every <laughs> right. bad referee call on Auburn. Right. Like that. <laughs> it was holding. That's just another. <laughs> that's another October Sunday for them, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, here it is from uh, Amanda Amanda Brooks from the SEC. Hi, yes, hello. A friendly Twitter PSA that at SEC and at SEC Network are not the Twitter accounts the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. <laughs> so great. Thank you for your time. <laughs> first, the first comment underneath, GameStop ain't played nobody. <laughs> that was really funny. That's great. <laughs> that was Bear, Chris Felica. From, Chris uh, Felica. Yeah, that was that was that was an old time. That was a line. That was one of the better Twitter lines of the year. I was. Yeah, uh, that is. <laughs> that's Felica. That's good. Yeah, it's Felica. Uh, was somebody shorting at Vols football? Yes. <laughs> Boy, that person would live in a mighty penthouse. I'll tell you that. If you've been shorting Vols football since 08. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, man. Good times. All right. We'll be back next week. Keep the uh, news coming and uh, we'll talk to you then.